The Guardian. Hello, I'm Jacqueline Wilson, and you're listening to the Guardian Children's Books podcast. I'm going to read you a little extract from the beginning of my new book, Four Children and It. My main characters are all having a picnic in Oxshot Woods when they discover something very strange in the sandpit. We all looked and saw a paw. A brown furry paw with a pink pad and neat little claws. It scrabbled frantically, attempting to cover itself with sand. Smash reached out and tried to grab it. Careful, said Robbie, in such a fierce voice that Smash stopped, startled. You'll frighten it. Now let me. He bent down and spoke very softly. There now, little creature, it's all right. We're not going to hurt you. We'll let you hide away in a minute if that's what you want. We just want to check you're all right, so I'll ease the sand away here very, very carefully. Rosby exposed a short, stout, furry leg and then rather large hindquarters. Whatever is it? I said. It's a ginormous rat, said Smash. No, it's too furry, said Robbie. I think it's a meerkat. They bury themselves in sand, I said. It's too fat for a meerkat, said Robbie. I'm not sure what it is. Pussycat, pussycat, said Maudie. It hasn't got a tail, said Robbie. It's got a very big bottom, Smash shrieked. Shh, so have you, said Robbie. Now shut up, you're frightening it. There now, little creature. Can you come up just a tiny bit? The animal did its best to burrow further in, but Robbie very gently scooped the sand away from its sides and then held it firm. Come on now, I promise we won't hurt you, Robbie whispered. The legs stopped scrabbling and Robbie pulled very carefully. The creature shot right out of the sand. We stared at it amazed. It was far fatter than we'd expected. It had an extremely wrinkled face with a very disgruntled expression. Its eyes were on thin stalks and wavered about, peering at us disapprovingly from its upside-down position. Every single one of its whiskers was bristling. Is it a very tubby monkey, said Smash. Its face is all weird wrinkles, just like a monkey's. Monkey, said Maudie. It is a bit like a monkey, but they don't have eyes on stalks. And it hasn't got a tail, Robbie whispered. I don't really know what it is. I do, I squealed. It's a Samiad. It really, truly has to be a Samiad, like the one in my book. It's exactly like that. Oh, please, are you a Samiad? Of course I am a Samiad, it said very crossly indeed. And there's nothing wrong with my face. My wrinkles simply show my extremely distinguished age. I've always been considered an excellent specimen of my species. Now will you kindly turn me right side up, young man? I do not care to conduct a conversation from this ludicrous position. It puts me at a total disadvantage. Robbie righted the creature with trembling hands. We all stared at it, speechless, incapable of conducting any kind of conversation. Smash shook her head as if she had water in her ears. Did it just speak? she said. 
She stared at Robbie and me as if we'd somehow performed a brilliant trick of ventriloquism. I know it's really you guys pretending, she said uncertainly. Maudie put her finger near the creature. Smash snatched her backwards. Don't, Maudie, it might bite, she shrieked. I shall indeed bite if you persist with that ill-mannered, high-pitched squealing, it said. Of course I can speak, and much more eloquently than you, shouty, squealy person. What is your name? Smash, she whispered. Smash? Dear goodness, names have become very short and brutal in this new age. Are you a girl person or a boy person? I'm a girl, and my real name's Samantha, but I hate it, Smash muttered. I thought you were a girl, but your short hair and coarse trousers confuse me, it said. The eyes on stalks wavered in Robbie's direction. And I presume you are a girl too? Smash sniggered. No, I'm a boy, said Robbie. I'm Robert. Well, thank you for handling me so gently, young Robert. Some children would have tugged violently. It waddled forward on its hind paws and shook the rest of the sand out of its fur. Maudie laughed and clapped her hands delightedly. You're a merry little person, it said, its small fierce face softening. Everyone always loved Maudie, even mythical creatures from storybooks. She's Maudie, our little half-sister, I said. Half a sister, said the creature. Do you say that because she's half your size? No, because we're only half related. We've got the same dad, but Maudie's got a different mother, I said. The Samyad waved its eyes, absorbing this. They flicked on their stalks to smash. So the shouty smash girl is your half-sister too? No, she's Maudie's half-sister because they have the same mum, Alice. But we're just stepsisters, I said. Hmm, family life seems particularly complicated nowadays, said the Samyad. Don't you breed? Robbie asked timidly. Alas, I fear I am the very last of my line, said the Samyad. Unless, he turned towards me, clasping his paws. You, young lady with the long hair, what is your name? Rosalind. You said you read about a Samyad in a book. Perhaps I still have surviving family after all, if you have read about them. No, I rather think you're the same Samyad. You meet five children in my book, Anthea, Jane, Cyril, Robert and the Lamb. Ah, those children, said the Samyad. I remember I was particularly fond of the eldest girl, Anthea. You remind me of her a little. I was so delighted I blushed deep red. So was that old book of hers real, said Smash? You're the fairy? The Samyad nodded complacently. Thank you very much. And I've got a question here from, from Lydia, who says, you're internationally recognised for your Tracy Beaker series and many edgy standalone novels. So what prompted you to break out and rework the classic fantasy children's story, Five Children and It? 
I think when you've written heaps and heaps of books, as I have, you're always keen to do something just a little bit different. And although I love writing modern contemporary stories that deal with serious issues, I did think what fun it would be to do a book connected with a children's classic. And I loved E. Nesbitt's books when I was young. Five Children and It was my absolute favourite. So I thought maybe E. Nesbitt wouldn't mind too much if I borrowed her amazing Samyad and have my very modern children dig him up all over again and see what they might wish for. And was it fun to write? It was wonderfully fun to write. Normally... Before I start writing, I think, oh, goodness, I wish I was anything but a writer. And then when I get actually started, it's okay, and I do enjoy writing it. But I truly think Four Children and It was the easiest book I've ever had to write. It just sort of came straight out out of my hand, off my pen, onto the page. That was it. And um, it, it was just glorious and also because I I don't generally plot my books out piece by piece it was fun to to surprise myself and wonder what the children were going to wish for next. How about when the old characters from the older book met your newer characters was that difficult to write because then you were you were not just writing your own characters but you were you were trying to also put yourself slightly in in the the mind of E. Nesbitt with her characters. How did that feel to write? I, th- I thought Andrella were going to do this and um, make it work. It was a bit of a challenge because I wanted to do the Edwardian children from the original book as accurately as I possibly could. But I also wanted to, to have them as, as very realistic children. And more than anything, I wanted to encourage children reading my book to go back to the original five children in it. So this was a, a very happy way of doing it. And also my main child narrator, Rosalind, this is a, a lovely treat for her because she's secretly worried about being a bit babyish and bookish and here she is with Edwardian girls who quite happily and unselfconsciously play with dolls in their nursery and uh, Rosalind feels instantly at home there. We've actually got a question from a reader Bella about Rosalind who says she's a very bookish girl as as you mentioned she loves reading especially classic children's books such as Ballet Shoes and, and The Secret Garden and Bella wants to know is she by any chance based on a young you? I think, Bella, you're absolutely got it in one. Rosalind is very similar to the way I was when I was young. And I I still think there are lots of um, Rosalinds around. And although I often write about rather fierce, feisty girls, every now and then I like to write about a quiet, shy, bookish one too. And I think Four Children in It is very much a book about books. And it was just an indulgence for me to to have a character that loved reading fiction. And for Rosalind, the, the fictional characters that she's read about are as real to her as her actual friends. And I rather hoped that, that children reading my book would, would feel that Rosalind herself could be a friend to them. And you, you do take the opportunity in the book to, to name check a lot of classic reads right from um you talk about when I was Maudie's age I was I kept a keen lookout for wild things and gruffalos and I wanted a tiger to come to tea 
And then as Rosie gets older, she played going to stage school with Pauline Petrova and Posey. And she spent Christmas Day with Meg, Joe, Beth and Amy. Um, I, when I was young, I was loved it when the books that I was reading um, referred to other books. And I thought these, these are just l- little sort of waves to children that really love reading or maybe mums, dads, grannies who are reading aloud to the children who might pause at that bit and say oh yes I've read that book you'd really like that too um, I I hear all sorts of tales um, from children who say oh the teacher says I mustn't read any more Jacqueline Wilson books um, you know what 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 can I do and I often mention the names of my favourite books in my books, but in Four Children in It, I've really gone to town and there are all sorts of different reading suggestions there. There's also, I was wondering um, if there was a, a reference to Enid Blyton in the, the food descriptions, because you, you, also, you really go to town with these picnics. Every picnic is described in detail. I've, I've got one here, the, the Last Picnic. Alice made tiny cream cheese and smoked salmon bagels, barbecued chicken wings and a selection of bite-sized sandwiches, egg mayonnaise and tomatoes, crayfish and rocket, brie and apricot and turkey and cranberry sauce. We had a French apple pie with tangy cream and a big bag of red and yellow cheeses. We drank freshly squeezed orange juice and Dad and Alice had a bottle of lemonade. Uh, And they have something chocolatey too. I mean, this is not a book to read if you're feeling hungry. <laughs> I, I think children like to read about food in, in children's books and everybody um, who's read Enid Blyton talks about her picnics with their sort of proverbial lashings of ginger beer. I actually went back to some Enid Blyton books and um, they certainly, because times were so different, Picnics seemed a bit odd. They were really heavily dependent on tinned meat and tinned pineapple. And I didn't think they sounded that jolly after all. So I thought in in this book, because the children, I wanted them to go back again and again to the same spot in the woods where the sandpit is, where the Samiad lives. And I thought, right, we're going to have to have glorious picnics there. And because Alice, Rosalind's stepmom, is would very much want to be a yummy mummy and she would try extra hard to make absolutely gorgeous picnics. And um, so I went to town on the picnics. I, th- I think people will think that, that I go out and have these splendid picnics, but I'm afraid I, I love to, to invent them in fiction. But if I were doing a picnic, um, I think it would be a little bit more basic. Than that. <laughs> I was very emph- Alice seemed to have a magical larder that was always filled with these yummy things absolutely <laughs> just produce at a moment's notice um uh, we talked about um rosalind and being very bookish and butterfly rainbow has a question about um your your main characters she says i've read more than 15 of your books in all of them the main character is a girl why is that so i think probably it's simply because i used to be a girl I didn't have brothers, um, I don't have sons. So I find it slightly easier to get inside the head of a girl than I do a boy. I have written a few books where a boy is the main narrator, but mostly it's just easier for me to to write from a girl's point of view. And she also wants to know um, about your, your memories of childhood because she says that your memoirs are filled with such great and vivid detail 
How do you remember so many things in such detail from your childhood? I have a very strange memory in that ask me what I was doing when I was 10 and I can generally remember. Ask me what I was doing last week and I look completely blank. And I think the older I get, the more vivid my memories are of being a child. Mind you, I was an only child, so I haven't got a brother or a sister to actually corroborate my stories. I'm, I might be misremembering everything completely, but I do seem to, to have the ability to, to remember back and, and know what I was worried about and what I liked the best and you know which one of my friends was suddenly going off me and going around with somebody else. I can remember my favourite dresses and the, the books that I like to read and the, all of that is very vivid to me. And then all the rest of my life is just one vague wishy-washy blur. <laughs> Um, I've got a great question here from Sasha the Bookworm who wants to know what your wildest wish would be if you met the Samyad. Because, of course, in the in the book, the Samyad grants the wishes to, to the children and they do have some really interesting wishes. I think if, if I were having any of the children's wishes, I'd certainly want to see what it's like to fly because that's always been, you know, a dream that, that would be wonderful. But if I were taking it seriously... I would ask the Samyad um, if I could have the ability to write a book in a single day and then how wonderful that would be to have got it all done and saved so that it wouldn't disappear after sunset and then I would have all the rest of the year free to just relax and have fun and enjoy myself, wouldn't have to work. You'd have to also wish that all the publicity got done in a day as well. I suppose you'd have two days, one day to write it, one day to do all the interviews. Okay, that would, that would be cool. And then the rest of the year. <laughs> yes. Um, has, has writing this book whetted your appetite to rework any other classics? Um, I am very tempted. Um, there are some wonderful books out there. It's it's just like playing a, a sort of magic fantasy game about, you know, which book would you take on and which characters could you use and how would you update something. Um, so basically, I don't know. Um, at, at the moment, I'm, I'm writing a book and another book set in the 1950s actually but not an autobiographical one and so I'm back in in the coronation year and imagining myself this girl so my, my mind's been so concentrated on that I haven't really thought what I'm going to write next we'll just have to wait and see. What about um, Noel Stratfield? I know you're a big Noel Stratfield fan are there any of her books that jump out at you as being the books you, you would love to continue? Well, certainly Bally Shoes has been mentioned to me, but if I were to try and do a modern version of Bally Shoes, my goodness me, I'd have to learn an awful lot about Bally. I mean, I like the Bally, but know very little about it. Um, I was lucky enough um, to be invited to the Royal Ballet School in Richmond Park um, a couple of times uh, just to give talks about my books and I've seen the marvellous children there and how hard they work and yet what fun they have too. So I could always try and go back there and ask them lots of questions but I think it would be such a, a sort of undertaking that I, I'd almost find it o overwhelming so maybe not Bally Shoes I don't know I'm undecided. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, the final question from Hazel is, are we going to meet Rosalind, Robbie, Smash and Mordy again? She felt that there was there, there could be another story there. Well, Inesbit did write two more books about her five children. Um, in one of them, they encounter the Samyad again, but they, they go off at a different tangent. There's one about um, a, an Egyptian amulet, and they go back into Egyptian times, and there's another one about a magic carpet and another magical creature, the phoenix, Um, these could have very exciting possibilities for me. Hi, I'm Simon Hattonstone. I'm a Guardian journalist and I occasionally write books that are not read by many people. Let me tell you about some of the great advice from those who really know how to do it. Top name authors that you can read in a new Guardian book called Write. It's brilliant. Funny, perverse, bonkers and wise. If it sounds like writing, then I rewrite, says Elmore Leonard. There's an Enright for despairing writers. Remember, the first 12 years are the worst. So, don't put off that dream of winning the Booker Prize any longer. Get inspired by our new Guardian book, Write. You can get yours for half price, £6.50, using promo code PODCAST. To order, visit guardian.co.uk slash bookshop. Anytime up to the end of October. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.